So please welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss show. Today we are talking with Natasha and we will get to it right after this. An important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. So Natasha, welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss show. It's such a pleasure to have you on here. Um, how you know how how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. We got back from vacation a couple of days ago, and I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. Oh uh, yeah, it's always hard to leave leave vacation and come back to real <laughs> real life. You know, it's there's always so many things waiting for you too, isn't there? Yes, and uh, you know, we we came back. And I haven't unpacked yet. We uh, rescued or adopted a new puppy. And so everything, that's keeping me busy. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, a new puppy, I can imagine that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would I be. I forgot how hard that is, having a, a new puppy. Our other dog is almost 12 years old and so easy. And this one's, you know, like having a toddler. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people sort of make that connection. It's like, ah, oh, they've got a new kid now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't take your eyes off them. That's right. And, um, you know, so I like starting the podcast with, uh, you know, a little bit of an icebreaker. And I mean, you are someone who it's not very hard to make conversation. We have been talking for a long time now trying to get the podcast working and it's been awesome. Um, that it's actually started working now, which is great. But can you um, tell us a little bit about um, how chicken and turkey have played a role in your life? Uh, yes. Uh, when, As long as I can remember, I have been allergic to poultry. Um, but I can eat eggs. I just can't eat the bird. I can't eat chicken. Um, and they put in everything now. I can't eat chicken or turkey and the broth, I can't eat anything that touches it. And so most people were shocked by that because they have never met anyone that's allergic to chicken. Yeah, it is something that's quite unusual. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested to know, it does, uh, like, what is an allergic reaction when you eat chicken or poultry? Or is, is it something that you haven't done for a very, very long time? Well, actually, if I have something that's touched chicken, um, if, if my food has just gotten cross-contaminated, uh, my mouth will itch and, but otherwise it's, it's like anaphylactic shock, you know, I need wow. to, yes, yes. I have been hospitalized before, <laughs> before, and a lot of people find this surprising also since, you know, I develop recipes and stuff, but 
you know, I just you try to be very careful. I can't leave chicken out completely. My family loves chicken. And uh, so my family and friends help with that. Right. Yeah. And um, and so you're the author of a cookbook and we'll get to that in a second. But um, can you tell us a little bit about you? What were some of the motivations for you um, starting keto and and, uh, you know, also your huge following on Instagram as well that obviously have a big part in, in your life. H- how does that all sort of tie together? Well, you know, I have struggled with my weight my entire life. You know, childhood obesity is something, you know, that is close to my heart because I was a, you know, overweight kid in the 80s. And the 80s was a time when, you know, the biggest promotion was fat-free, low-fat, calorie counting, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I just felt really out of place most of my life. And so, you know, it's a really long story how I got to that point, but I had tried everything imaginable to lose weight, and I had lost weight many times, but I could never keep it off, and I could never, you know, I was always obsessed with food and stuff. And so, you know, finding a keto, low-carb lifestyle is really, you know, what helped me the most. Mm, yeah, oh, that's fan- it's fantastic you've been able to, um, uh, you know, go through that journey because I, I feel like a lot of people are almost um, either afraid to start or don't know how long it's going to take and, and therefore they're a little bit um, petrified uh, and just over-informed. And so what was it that um, allowed you to start the ketogenic diet and and what was the motivation for you to actually uh, proceed with that? Well, it was uh, 2014. I was 39 years old. Um, I was, you know, just at the end of my rope. I have gained and lost weight numerous amount of times. I can't even count the amount of times that I have lost and gained the same weight over and over. And every time I would gain more. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I had lost weight so many times and, you know, I would give up for a while and then I would start again. And I kept seeing online things come up about, you know, low carb. And I, I had, I had tinkered with, you know, the Atkins diet a day or two. (laughs) And Mm. I, you know, back in, I don't know if that would have been the early nineties or what, but, um, but it seemed different to me. This, uh, what people were talking about, really, what really caught my attention, and I tell a lot of people this, is people were saying they weren't hungry. And that really captivated my attention because everything I've ever done was pretty much deprivation based. And mm. to hear people say they weren't hungry, really, you know, it sparked my attention. And, you know, I wanted to find out more about this. So I just started mm. doing my own research online and, you know, that's what I tell people, just, you know, not just one website or one person or one book, just, I just started really digging in and trying to, you know, see if this would work for me because I was going to be 40 soon. And uh, that's where it all started. And, you know, I wasn't perfect. I'm still not perfect, but I wasn't perfect at first. Um, But that's really when I started. And that's really when I saw this, this is going to work for me. You know, I, I, I started and quit like I do. I have this tendency or I had this tendency to, you know, to give up and self-sabotage. But, you know, I came back and I thought, this is the one thing that's worked for you. That's what I thought to myself. You really mm. need to give this your best effort. And it changed my life. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I it it's it sounds like you've got a really healthy mindset now with regards to keto. Um, and and what do you think uh, a healthy mi- mindset looks like when it comes to losing weight? Because for for so many people, as you said before, they struggle with that back and forth. Um, and you know, I, I sometimes it's those thirty day challenges or sixty day challenges uh, that that you know you feel restricted to a certain point, and then. Uh, all of those cravings and the uh, the mindset and the, you know the self control sort of comes back. Um, what was it that you know? What does a healthy mindset for you look like? Well, I think it had to be about more than just weight loss. You know, for so many years for me, it was about being a certain size, looking a certain way. Um, but you know, it started becoming more about how I felt and uh, you know about my health and not having this obsession with food and this obsession with sugar. And if you've ever had, I know not everyone believes there's a such thing as sugar addiction or food addiction. And it's not talked about a lot. It's There's a lot of shame in it. And, you know, that's that's what I, you know, want to get out there that, you know, there's no shame in admitting it. And, you know, that you just have to work on it all the time. I don't think that mm. you can ever just say, I've arrived. (laughs) This is Mm. just an, it's an ongoing journey. And to me, you know, what looks healthy, it's going, it's going to be different for everyone. Everyone's reason for doing it is different. Not, and you know, I have friends who do keto also, and their reasons are totally different and they never had a weight problem. They've never had an unhealthy obsession with food. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, And, and I, I feel like there are so many other benefits to keto that it is applicable to everyone, really. Um, I a lot of a lot of other ways of eating tend to leave sugar in in certain ways, um, but I think keto is probably one that that really leaves sugar behind. Uh, and and the people who have the most success are the ones who are, I, I guess, finding that balance between not you know not feeling deprived and making it a lifestyle and i was last week i was talking to uh drew manning from fat to fit to fat i'm oh, sorry fit to fat to fit and he yes. was talking about um you know the environment and also the routine that you put yourself in uh and so the environment's one thing but also finding a routine is the other um and you know i mean we could talk about this for so long <laughs> oh we but, could uh, days we could yeah. talk about this for days <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know, so you're the author of um, the Southern Keto Cookbook. How how was it that you came across, um, I guess, the the Southern style of of keto cooking? Because you know, the American culture and the American cuisine is so vast and and <laughs> very very uh, uh, densely populated in certain parts. You know, um, how was it that Southern keto really resonated with you? Well, I'm, you know, I was raised in Kentucky. And I've lived in Tennessee for the last 20 years. So we do, you know, eat a lot of Southern comfort food. And I like to entertain. I, you know, taught myself to cook. You know, I was influenced by my grandma, but I really taught myself to cook using Southern Living cookbooks, you know, after I got married. And I really, you know, we do have these connections with food. And, you know, I really wanted to, you know, try to, you know, create recipes that still made people feel, you know, at home and mm. have that mm. connection. And uh, when I, after I talked to Victory Belt, my publishers, you know, about the book, they said, we're really, you know, interested 
in your southern you know i talked about my southern flair and they were interested in that so it just kind of went from there and my story i wanted to also i did put you know my story in there to an extent it's not all about my story but you know people do want to know you know how did you get into this right right yeah and it i feel like when you have a personal connection to someone it makes that bond much stronger um and you know i'm I'm sure the 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 southern belt of of america is is selling out with your Mm -hmm. books so that's fantastic and the thing is is a lot of people just like comfort food so i've had so many people you know from other countries and tell me that they like my book too you know they just people want comfort food (laughs) yeah yeah um but it's you know it's been a great experience and um you know, I've started another book. <laughs> ah, so, yeah. the old so sneaky. More, yeah, <laughs> more, oh, more comfort fantastic. food, more comfort food. But I really oh. just want to help. I just really want to help people. That's yeah, my heart, yeah, and I think you know? that's really important because um, you know, creating a book is is putting your ideas out in the world to to help people. Uh, and yeah, I just think that that idea is really important. But not only uh, are you trying to help people with your book, but but you've also been suffering from Crohn's disease um, for for a long time now. Um, can you sort of tell us about that and maybe how keto has helped you with that? Yes, um, Crohn's disease. I was diagnosed with it at 29 years old. I had already had two children. They were babies, really. I had a daughter that was going to start kindergarten. My son was 15 months old, and it's really, I was just, my life was turned upside down. It was pretty sudden. Um, It Mm. doesn't always happen like that for people, but it really, it, for about 10 years, I really suffered. I had a lot of surgeries, a lot of hospitalizations. Anyone who has, you know, irritable bowel disease, um, inflammatory bowel disease, they know, you know, my struggle, and it's different for everyone. And the weird thing is, a lot of people think that I probably started keto because of that and I didn't Um, I was one of those people who still gained weight and still had food issues with Crohn's disease I know you know some people it's it's a myth that all people with Crohn's disease are underweight you know I really still struggle with my weight so my only reason for starting keto was for weight loss but what I found after being you know on the lifestyle for a long time is that my inflammation started to decrease even on medication. My family noticed my uh, increase in energy. I was just happier. I mean, mentally, I just can't Mm. even tell you how much it's done for me mentally because I had a Mm. lot of depression with, you know, having a chronic illness. So I just, I could go on and on talking about just the difference it it made in my overall health. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, uh, from experience, I think that wheat plays a big part in Crohn's disease and also, you know, just chronically um, having foods that you're either allergic to or, uh, you know, there's there's many, many different uh, ways that it can be um, exacerbated. But also when you remove all of that, like the ketogenic diet does, um, things start to heal and, you know, I guess you feel better, which is fantastic. Um, yes. And, and I is, is that like- sort of what you found? Yes, yes. And I always like to tell people and really, you know, even with the book or my Instagram, I always, you know, make sure to tell people that, you know, I'm not, you know, a doctor and I'm not giving medical advice. I tell people you have to make these decisions yourself. 
and with your doctor. But I do love to share, share my story and my practical advice because it has led to other people finding what works for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important. Um, and, you know, talking about other people, what are some of the common mistakes you see uh, other people in the ketogenic community or people trying to start a ketogenic diet? Uh, you know, what, what are some of the common mistakes that people do when they first start uh, and, and maybe some advice that you give to people who ask you a lot of questions maybe? Is there mm-hmm. something that sort of comes to mind there? It does. Um, it seems to me that people really sometimes overcomplicate it at first. You know, I feel like that keeping it simple, you know, you do need to decide whether or not you want to count macros or not. I'm a person who does more. um, I don't do macros. Yeah, I'm more of an intuitive eater. But just keeping it simple and not getting frustrated because what happens is you end up miserable. You know, you're being so, you're count, you're, you're, you know, you're so scared that you're going to mess up. And this happened to me once. You're so scared that you're going to mess up that you end up frustrated and you quit. Mm-hmm. And that I see that happen so much. Or sometimes people aren't losing weight what they consider fast enough. Mm-hmm. And that's always, and then they, they end up quitting. And that makes no sense, right? <laughs> right. And so, yeah. yeah. And so everyone's different. You're not going to, if you lost, five pounds in one month, that's five pounds. I mean, I just, first of all, I I want people to keep it simple, you know, do your research, but don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate, you know, certain recipes and stuff like, you know, stick to the basics is what I feel like Mm. at first. And then work Mm. into more recipes and stuff like that. Just don't overwhelm yourself. I hope that helps. um, I hope I didn't make that complicated. No, 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 no. I think I think that's something that I live by as well. Is that keeping it simple is uh, often most times the it's the best way to be consistent. You know, um, and yes, so, consistency is key. Consistency is key. You you just nailed it with that. Yeah, and and there's a lot of people out there, and I get the same questions where you know they say I've only lost five pounds over the past week. What am I doing wrong? Um, and you go, whoa, hang on, wait up. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there's this preconceived notion that that keto is this um, weight loss pill, I guess. Yes, and yes. Ha- ha- what do you sort of say to people um, who do come to you in that in that situation? And I know that uh, you've been in that situation too. What ha- what happens from there? You know, how how do people move forward from that? Because there's there's so much. Um, uh, I guess like confusion when it comes to I'm not losing weight fast enough. It what? Wh- how do you can can we sort of like I don't know dig into that a bit because I think that's probably a topic that most people don't understand or maybe um find it hard to simplify. Definitely. Um, for one thing, when you first start, I think you should take lots of pictures and maybe even some measurements, and try not to focus on the scale so much. I know the scale is important and stuff, but Sometimes the scale isn't showing actually what's going on and how your body is changing. Mm. And, you know, even the um, the fluids you may be retaining and stuff. And when I tell people that, sometimes, you know, they can look at their pictures and compare them and see, see a difference or even the way your clothes fit, you know. Um, but just not giving up. You have to, you have to 
just decide that I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it, you know, a certain amount of time. And you have to just decide and dig your heels in and just have that resolve, really. It just, it really mm-hmm. does take, it's so, it's so much about mindset. It really is. If, if your reason for doing it is weight loss and you are a person who loses weight slow or, or you think you're stalled, a lot of people will, you know, say, oh, I, well, I'm stalled. I didn't lose any weight this week. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. <laughs> you might not lose weight this week. You know, your, your reason is going to have to become so much more than just weight loss. I know weight loss is important and you want to know that you're not doing something wrong. So sometimes you do, you do need to make tweaks. You have to be patient, really. You have to be patient enough to make the tweaks, you know, to see what's going to work for you. You may be a person, you know, who can't eat much dairy or, you know, or maybe you're eating too many nuts, you know. I'm not wanting to confuse people with that and stuff, but sometimes, you know, it just it just requires you being willing to make the tweaks that it's going to take to reach your goals. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about the reasons why people um, are on the ketogenic diet. Uh, um, Some of the people around you or maybe some of the people that follow you, what are some of the maybe common reasons that people do follow the ketogenic diet? Uh, And, and then, um, you know, for for me, my my own reason was to uh, stop uh, bonking on the bike and running <laughs> and what bonking is is uh, it's like you essentially run out of muscle glycogen and you your whole world just melts into an oblivion <laughs> and you go into a blood sugar deprivation and everything stops you have to stop running wow. you have to stop cycling and <laughs> um and so i wanted to prevent that and that was my reason to get in yeah, into into keto and so i don't have a huge like weight loss uh thing with the ketogenic diet um i don't have any before and after photos but I, I just, I feel better. Are there any other, you know, common ones that you see people with, with within the ketogenic community, um, why they follow a keto diet outside of weight loss? Well, aside from, aside from weight loss, I do see people follow it for anxiety, depression, mm. uh, inflammatory diseases, you know, autoimmune diseases. You know, you, you could go on with all the health, you know, being a diabetic. You know, I have T1 mm. diabetics that follow me or type mm. 2 diabetics that follow. Um, my own father, you know, has had success with lowering his blood sugar. You know, he's a type 2 diabetic and, you know, just lowering his carbs. He, he, he didn't really go full on keto, but he really lowered his carbs drastically compared to what he was eating, you know, and it helps normalize his blood sugar, you know, when he stays on that. So more and more it does seem like that people are doing it for health reasons and that was never Mm. you know that was never my intention when i even started you know i think you evolve and your goals change yeah no i definitely agree and um and i think recently the american uh diabetics association has has said that eating low carb is a viable option for diabetics um and so that's a fantastic turnaround from them um, because they were promoting high carb low fat diets for a long time right and so we've seen a big switch it is good i don't think it's really reached the healthcare facilities yet but Mm. i'm hoping that it will you know because you can go and look on a lot of menus in these facilities and they're still not you know what you would think of as low carb Um, but hopefully that you know hopefully that's a start right 
Right. Yeah. And I, and I do get a lot of questions when it comes to people saying, I need to, I need to go into hospital. I need to go into surgery. I need to do this. I need to be in a facility where someone else needs to take care of me for a little while, but I still want to be keto. I still don't want to have jelly and yogurt and toast for breakfast and all this other stuff. Um, you know, what do you think it would take to, to, um, I guess, influence those, those medical communities, because there is a lot of research out there. Um, maybe it's just not mainstream enough. I don't know. Is it, I don't know. That's a big question, I guess. Uh, it is. I mean, we could talk a lot about that. I, I feel like it's going to start, you know, with the doctors, you know, supporting it and stuff because they usually pick the diet that their patients mm. need to be on. And, um, you know, look, I'm not a dietitian or anything, but like you said, there's so much research. There's so many. You just really can't argue with the success people have had long term with their, not just weight loss, with their health. Right. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, my, like we could, we also. Oh, my own husband has had, you know, his triglycerides decrease, you know, testosterone increase, just different things he was dealing with, you know, just, you know, going to a ketogenic lifestyle. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and so how does it, how do you incorporate the, the ketogenic lifestyle into your family life? Because I know that, um, some people often find that they're doing keto alone, or maybe they're doing keto um, with a with a friend at work, or or maybe in a, an Instagram community. But how was it that uh, doing keto at home? How did that affect how you felt about um, the things that you eat, and maybe some of the things that are not available in the house anymore? Oh, this is a wonderful question because you know a lot's happened for me in the last few years in that respect. At first, I was one of those people who was doing it alone, and I felt alone, and that is really why I started my Instagram page for accountability, because I didn't want to be alone. So, you know, I would encourage people who do feel alone to reach out to the, the you know, community online and find accountability that way. But what happens is, don't push it, in my opinion, this is what worked for me, don't push it on your family and friends. They're, they're going to see the difference in you and they're going to get curious and mm. they're going to ask questions. And that's what happened for me. My husband didn't come on board with me completely. Like you can't really make people do it. And my kids, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, they're going to eat what I eat. My kids are older. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have Tina. Yeah. I have uh, almost adult. Child. I have one adult child. So <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, they, they make their own, and I'd give anything if I could go back to their childhood and do this, but I can't. So all I can do is now be the example for them. So I just mm -hmm. feel like you just set the example for people. And when they see the change in your life, they're going to ask questions. And that's what's happened, you know, with family and friends. And I have a group of friends that, you know, do keto, not because I encourage them to. They watched me and they learned from me and they loved it. And we have the best get togethers. <laughs> mm. Yeah. We, yeah. No. Yeah. We, um, we eat well when we get together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And I guess, you know, recipes out of the cookbook might yes. be, might be part of that. Yes. And they, oh. Hey, they come up with recipes too. So it's fun. You know, we just, we, we have fun planning, you know, our trips and, you know, parties. It, you know, if you, if you can find people in your life, I know a lot of people don't 
have that in their life and I want to talk to them right now and, you know, just encourage them. If you don't have someone, you know, in your life, that's, that is a good reason to reach out and you don't even have to do it on your personal uh, social media pages. You can start a page and you can make it private even if you, if you want to do that, but just start a page and, um, you know, branch out and meet people and you're just not going to believe how much support you're going to get. This community Mm. is amazing. Mm. And I and I also think don't be afraid to make mistakes um, because there's such a notion out there with people who uh, maybe don't know where to start or are really Absolutely. afraid of eating the wrong things, you know, um, and your start is going to be so much different to someone else's start and yes. don't be afraid to start, I guess. Yes, that's right. Don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to mess up. And if you do mess up, I've said this before too, and I mentioned this in my book is used to, you know, in the past, if I messed up, I would just throw in the towel. Well, that Mm -hmm. didn't work, but I changed my mindset and I decided that if I messed up, it would just be a bad day. I'm not going to let it go into a bad several days or a bad week or a bad month. You know, you Mm -hmm. decide, is it going to be a bad day or, or are you going to let this completely derail you? Yeah, that's so true. And I think, um, it often, I think preventing the small mistake to start with is is almost like preventing the lead domino <laughs> to yes. other other ones as well. You know, is that something that you found? Oh yes, yes, definitely. You know, I've I've learned a lot. I'm I'm still learning about myself because, you know, I was a person who, like I said, I always gained back all the weight, and so now I'm on the journey to maintain weight loss, and it's completely different. You know, I just have to still stay on top of, you know, my mental health mm. and how I'm mm. feeling and, and, and fight because not everyone's going to be positive all the time. You know, Instagram and Facebook and, you know, just you having a, you know, public persona, people think, you know, sometimes you're perfect. They only see a post from you or, you know, hear a podcast from you. They don't, you know, really know your life. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is important to, you know, say we're all in this together and we're on a journey. But the thing is, is I decided a few years ago, and that's what's led me to this point. I'm not giving up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and I, I think that determination is, is so good. And there will always be people to try and um, pull, pull everyone down. You know, I think uh, being a little bit in the public limelight, the, the people oh, yes. who criticize you uh, are the ones who have the least to lose. Um, yes. But the, the people who are actually out there, you know, fighting in, in the trenches almost, uh, they, they have much more to, to, to lose if, if this isn't going to, to work. And I, and I think Absolutely. that, um, yeah, they're the people out there, I guess, making the mistakes so other people don't have to make them as well. It is. And just, to be vulnerable and share your story, everyone that's doing that, you know, um, you know, I just have so much respect for you and everyone that's that's doing that, and I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful to be a part of this. Mm, yeah, no, I I am a hundred percent there as well. <laughs> and so, towards the end of the podcast, I do like to ask some quick questions. Now, they're not always that quick, but um, <laughs> we can dig into some juicy details. Uh, but so the first question is: What is a keto food that you cannot live without, or maybe something that you might eat every day? Something that is a big part of your lifestyle. 
Okay, this is going to sound boring, but cauliflower, it, it's yep. just life for me. You just <laughs> can do. <laughs> I ne Listen, I never dreamed it would be because when I was a kid, I thought it was gross. <laughs> I didn't know what it was capable of. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, cauliflower rice, cauliflower mash, if you know how to use it well, you can actually make it taste really good. I think yes. a lot of people just don't make the like the the small little uh alterations to make it taste good and therefore let it rot in the fridge and it smells disgusting so yes yes there's so <laughs> there's there's so many things that are great about cauliflower and mm. yeah i'm really thankful for that <laughs> is is there a food that you dislike and uh, and now um apart from chicken and turkey which we spoke about at the start of this podcast that you're allergic to um is there a food that you dislike that maybe someone else may like hmm. you know i'm not as much i don't know i feel like i've now i'm saying this i don't know if it's an allergy or what i'm not as much of a fan of uh, avocado as everyone else is that's not yeah. going to be very popular no it's actually a really that's... common response to that question because there's some people out there who just do not like avocado and when i was putting meal plans together i was like what you don't you, what yeah. hang on <laughs> doesn't yeah. uh, agree with me and you know i i don't know if it's a sensitivity or what but okay but i do use my favorite oil to use right now is avocado oil so, mm. but it doesn't have a taste and i love the you know high smoke point right yeah definitely um now so with the ketogenic diet do you do any exercise that has become part of your lifestyle as well as the 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 keto diet um is there any particular uh exercise or maybe um yeah i guess exercise that you find particularly beneficial okay i've always liked walking um, i've just never been a runner i did do one 5k in the past but just walking outside just makes me feel good i'm not a heavy lifter i've, I've you know i've used to do some you know different aerobic classes and zumba and stuff like that but just walking makes me feel good and I had gotten out of that a lot. And on vacation, I used my vacation to really refocus on my exercise. I know that's normally when people take off from things like that. Mm. But I just, I really made a point to make sure I got a lot of walking in every day and to bring that home with me. And I have. So I guess this is my accountability <laughs> on this podcast to stick with it because it makes me feel so good mentally and it does, it does keep me in shape. Yeah, no, I, I think walking is great. And I, I remember when I first got a Fitbit and I was introduced to the concept of 10,000 steps a day. And I was like, well, that's actually a fair way. It's actually a, a, a more walking than I'm used to. And then you just build that into your lifestyle and you go, ah, okay, that's easy. Um, it was, did you have something similar? Like were, were you trying to count steps or, what was what was walking to you? Is it just a forty five minute blast around the block, or how does it work? Well, I do have an Apple Watch, and when I'm using that, I, I count steps. You know, like yep. you said, and it takes longer than you realize to get ten thousand steps, don't you think? Mm, yeah, definitely. I yeah. remember pacing yeah. around the block late at night, at like eight o'clock at night, determined to get ten thousand steps. <laughs> yes, yes, and it took me about oh, forty five minutes, or no, maybe an hour. Yeah. I don't know. I remember jogging in place, trying to get those steps in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
you know, if I'm walking in the neighborhood, you know, I have, I have a really great place to walk and I just kind of know how many miles that is. So right now my goal is to just stay active again and to not let myself get distracted and get stressed and not do that because that, def- I don't know, that defeats the purpose if I'm not taking care of myself that way. Mm, I totally agree. And um, do you have any books or podcasts that you've recently either read or listened to that have recently inspired you? Yeah, well, a video um, on Netflix, Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. Have you, yes, yes. Her, have, have you watched that yet? No, I haven't. I know I've, I've, um, I, I'm familiar with her books, uh, but okay. I haven't done the Netflix one yet. Okay, you need to watch that. It's, it's just really good. And, you know, she talks a lot about shame and, and vulnerability. And um, it's just, you know, that's not talked about a lot. And that's kind of been the story of my life. So I can relate to it so much. Mm. You know, I've dealt with that. It's it's really weird to share that with people and to say it out loud, you know, mm. and to share, you know, and to say out loud, you know, I've been addicted to food and I've been, you know, um, had an unhealthy obsession with food since I was a child, you know, it's really not something you want to talk about. And so when she talks about courage and, you know, vulnerability and stuff that really resonates with me. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage to, to sort of go into that realm as well. Um, Yeah. I probably empathize with that a lot too. (laughs) Um, yeah. So if, if anyone is looking for that uh, Netflix, I'll find it and put it in the show notes of this podcast. So if you do want to head on over to that, then it should be in the link in the show notes along with all the other information from this podcast. Um, and the, the last question, uh, I was a musician for a long time. And so I really like to know what musicians uh, maybe get you going. Do you have a playlist that, that you love to listen to? Uh, <laughs> what does that look like for you? Well, because I've been around with my family all week, my kids really, well, they listen to a lot of different things, but they really like country music. Oh, and yeah. So, yes. And so there was a uh, country music festival when we went to South Carolina and um, Thomas Rhett was there. Um, they really like Luke Combs. We've been to see him in concert. But other than that, I really like when I'm at the beach to listen to people like Jimmy Buffett and beach oh, yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I always, well, I always find with country music in particular that their harmonies are spot on. Like, I don't think anywhere else, uh, any other genre of music can really nail harmonies like country music can. Yes. I live close to Nashville, so you're really influenced by that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, and, um, and so the last question, I know I sounded like the, the question before that was the last question, but this one. Uh, to those who want to have similar results that you have achieved, what is the most important aspect or maybe the lead domino to achieving the same results? You have to decide that you will not give up no matter what it takes. Mm. You have to start, like you said, don't be afraid to start, but you have to decide no matter what it takes, you will not give up no matter how, no matter how many times you have to tweak it. Just, just don't give up. That's just my biggest, that was truly, you know, not giving up has truly been, people want to know the secret to my success and it's been not giving up because Mm. 
that used to be what always I, I used to always have a, a self-sabotage person and I would always give up and so what happens is that consistency and not giving up it, it just leads to huge results it's going to change your life mm, yeah no I couldn't agree more and and so um with everything that we've spoke about in the podcast I, I'm sure people would love to know where they can find you where they can get in contact with you um, and so do you have any uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, website? Your book is currently out in all bookstores. Is that right? It is. It's in bookstores and it's on Amazon. And um, you can always find me on Instagram at Keto is Life. That's, you know, where I spend the most of my time. And Keto is Life Tosh at Facebook. I'm not there as much. But you can email me at Keto is Life dot com at gmail.com and uh, uh, yeah just reach out to me if you need anything that's fantastic and i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure people will be uh you know knocking at your door for as many mm -hmm. questions because there's there's a lot of great info the southern and keto cookbook is is out um in all bookstores and on amazon um and i just wanted to say from all the listeners to this podcast a huge thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story because i know that um one it can be sometimes hard to dig into those those details but um you, you've done such a great job and and yeah thank you so much for being on the podcast it's been such an honor talking to you thank you so much for having me thank you so much for listening if you loved this podcast make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives if you could do one small act of kindness for today i would greatly appreciate a review from you it's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.